0: Visit roberthalf.com today.
1: CBS Wednesday. We have so many cool diverse people from different backgrounds, different beliefs, different upbringings, and it just keeps growing. I'm in I'm a citizen of the United States. I'm a hustler. I'm a Big Taylor Swift fan. I'm the queen of the tribe. I'm a I am playing whatever role I got to play. I'm going to play this game for speed. I ain't going down like no punk. <laughs> A new Survivor, Wednesday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. What a play! Can you believe this? I can no idea. It's time to dominate your fantasy league.
0: Off to the races! And he stays on his feet! This just gonna go the
1: distance! Now, here's
2: some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Big week here on fantasy football today. Sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Today, Jamie and Heath give some early sleepers for 2023. And of course, the NFL draft is coming up, so things to change later this month. But these are good names to have on your sleepers list. Remember, everyone, if you're wondering the difference, sleepers win you weeks, breakouts win you leagues, TM. I'm Adam Azer. Jamie Eisenberg and Heath Cummings are here. Good, good morning, Jamie. What's up?
0: Let's go, UConn.
2: Fine. I'd rather I'd rather lose to the eventual champion. It's going to happen. They're going to beat the snot out. But of th- take me state. through
0: your emotions of that game.
2: No. Why? I why would I do that? I don't want to do that at all. I just want to know what you felt like. Well, somebody instead of me doing that, here's a better question from our chat. Joshua, would you rather lose on a buzzer beater or get blown out? That is an easy one, easy one for me. I would much rather get blown out. And I would say Miami did not get blown out. They got thoroughly beaten, but buzzer beater is so much worse. Oh my gosh, I felt so bad for FAU. They really yeah. choked and they had that game. And I mean, but yeah, I'd much rather just lose. You know, you lose to a better team, that's it. That's it. But to lose on a buzzer beater is just gut-wrenching. They really they choked. They did choke. Well, they have like, like an they at eight least point- showed up for the semifinal. Dude, UConn's unlike one terrific. South Florida team. Now, nah, come on, that's not fair. They got beat by a better team. That's that's that's, that's all.
0: Um, it's a great season though. For both both Florida teams. Yeah, I mean, obviously we have connections to both teams in some way, shape, or form. And uh, it was it was it was pretty cool. As as much as it was, you know, gut wrenching for me, a Florida guy, to watch Miami get there. It was fun to see my friends enjoy it. And FAU was obviously, you know, for Ethan, I, it's in our backyard, so. It was fun to see. I was at I was at an FAU watch party. I don't know what you were doing, Heath, but, um, and with with uh, a couple of uh, professors and yeah. a lot of a lot of friends that that love and have gone to FAU and and root for FAU and just complete silence, absolute deafening silence uh, when when that shot went down. Uh.
1: That's brutal. I, I do disagree. I would much rather lose that way than oh. get blown out. Oh, um, like oh FAU way. proved they belonged.
2: Oh, will you stop? Um,
1: so, but <laughs> uh, listen, you started it. You're the one who said they choked. I will say, they did I choke. watched.
2: They were they they m- couldn't get a rebound. They should have won that game. They absolutely should have won that game.
1: But I will say, I, I watched much more of the uh, women's national championship game yesterday than I will the men's national championship game tonight. Any reason why? Um, I don't care at all about UConn versus San Diego State. Like, if Miami was in it, I would probably watch it just because it'd be cool if you and Dave, if your team won. If FAU was, I'd obviously watch it. Um,
2: I thought, I thought the 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 Iowa LSU game was extremely yeah. compelling. I didn't see it, but everybody was talking about it. I wish I had seen that. Um, anyway, before we get into sleepers, you can't, you can't see me. That's why. What's that? He's not gonna get it. Oh, uh, before we get into sleepers, I would like to recommend a TV show for everybody. Unstable on Netflix. You guys watching that? Rob Lowe? No. No. Very funny. Very good is show. Is that was his kid? Yes. I recommend it. Okay. We have, Jamie gave me a list of sleepers. Heath separately gave me a list of sleepers. We have three mutual sleepers. I'm going to give you some hints.
0: I, I know one already, which is probably fairly easy because we talked about it.
2: Okay, all right. Well, I'll give the audience some hints. Uh, He went in round eight in our most recent mock draft. I don't think you're going to get it from that. According to Wikipedia, in college, he was noted for his acts of great physical strength, such as helping lift a car to help a fellow student who did not have a car jack change a flat tire. Okay, so he did that in college. Who hasn't? He was drafted in the fourth round of the NFL draft. He holds the NCAA record. For the most rushing yards in a single game, 427. And he is on a new team, the fourth of his NFL career. Deontay Foreman. No.
0: Samaj Pirine.
2: Correct. Samaj Ride is a mutual sleeper. Okay, next mutual sleeper, when in round 10 of our most recent draft, PPR, he was ejected in the third quarter of week 18. Like anyone would actually remember that. Uh, he was drafted in the third round in the NFL draft in 2022. He had five games with a, with 100 or th- sorry, five games with 113 or more rushing yards, and he is Jonathan on. A- yeah, yeah, they were- <laughs> there you go, Deontay Foreman, <laughs> two running back uh, mutuals, Samaje P. Ryan and Deontay Foreman. All right, one more. This guy was drafted in round 12 of our most recent draft, just ahead of Donovan Peoples-Jones and Khalil Shakir. He had 42 catches. 425 yards, three touchdowns on 67 targets in 2022. Uh, he is a friend of Juliet's, and hopefully he will love his new quarterback. Romeo Dobbs. Romeo Dobbs. All right, so we have Samaje P. Ryan, Deontay Foreman, and Romeo Dobbs presented to you with beautiful trivia. Um, so P. Ryan did go two rounds ahead of Foreman. Pirine went to Jamie. I took Foreman. PPR is not exactly a great format for Foreman, but... Uh, Jamie, talk about those two guys as sleepers, and then Heath, you can follow up. Well, P Ryan,
0: I think it, 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 he's one, um, and and just just for what we're we're doing along with the content on the site, we're doing our sleepers, breakouts, and busts. Our, our first version of that, and so I have the first version of of sleepers. Heath, oh, do you have breakouts or busts this week? I have breakouts. You have breakouts. Dave has busts. Then we're all flip flopping in some way, shape, or form over the next two weeks. So for for me, and and you know, I. I I hate doing sleepers in April because something invariably is going to change because of the draft. But P. Ryan, for example, is one of these guys that if we get to August and Javante Williams is not right, I'm going to get laughed at for calling him a sleeper because he's going to get drafted probably in like the fourth or fifth round if, if we find out Javante Williams is missing any significant amount of time. So this is just one of those early situations where, you know, you, you call somebody and put somebody in a, in a category and, you know, we'll see if he stays there. But in any event, if Javante Williams is not right, Samaj P. Ryan has a chance to be the lead running back in Denver. They've done a lot to improve their offense already, um, you know, spe- specifically trying to run the ball. I think Sean Payton is going to try and do that a lot. We talked about that from the owners meetings uh, wrap-up last week. Uh, but some of the offensive line moves that they've made and I think just the, the personnel that they're going to and, and the personal groups that they're going to use. Uh, but p ryan last year had four games where he stepped in for joe mixon and was a star and i don't know if he's a star player but he got a star opportunity and i think he's gonna have that again uh for foreman um i think we had a question about this last week adam in terms of what his production was in the nine games then he re- when he replaced uh christian mccaffrey in carolina he had uh over 800 rushing yards in that nine game stretch uh scored five touchdowns did very well when he had a lot of work and clearly there's a, an opening in the bears backfield we i think we all hope Probably us, fantasy community, maybe Bears fans want to see Khalil Herbert step into that role and take advantage of it. But no guarantee that Deontay Foreman isn't the better runner there. Maybe not the better complete running back. But I think what you're getting from a cost perspective, I'm looking a lot for this story um, at the NFFC ADP and the FFPC ADP best ball wise just as a little bit of a gauge. And Foreman is in NFFC. Yes, NFFC. He's 20 picks behind Herbert there. He's like 80 picks behind Herbert in FFPC. <laughs> you know, it's just uh, there's a big disparity there. So, um, you know, just looking at the cheaper of the two running backs with the opportunity that if he gets a lot of volume and 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 does the things that he's done in Tennessee and uh, Carolina the last two seasons, he could be a, a, a number three running back, better in half and, and non PPR than full PPR.
1: Yeah, I think I think Foreman probably has the most upside non PPR over P Ryan, but P Ryan because of his pass-catching ability that we saw last year, because of the um, Sean Payton offense and how much we've seen them use running backs in the passing game, P. Ryan definitely has more PPR upside. And what the reports are on Javante Williams will determine whether he's a, whether P. Ryan's a sleeper or not. I do agree he's going to be around four or five pick if Williams is going to start the year on the pup. Um, but I, <clears throat> I do think that even if Javante Williams is like the most optimistic timeline, he's ready for week one. I still would expect we're going to see double-digit touches per game for Samaj P. Ryan. I still think he'll have the chance to be a flex when Javante Williams is 100%. Yeah,
2: and I just want to give the Bears – so let me give you these numbers for the Bears. We go back to the Foreman conversation here. Uh, Ten games last year that David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, and Justin Fields played, and none of them left with an injury. Like Ten full games with all three of them. It was 13 carries per game for Montgomery, eight carries per game for Herbert. And I I just want to check. I think it's ten car ten point six carries per game for Justin Fields. That might sounds a little high, but um, but maybe not, right? No, you know. No, that yeah. sounds about right. Yeah. 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 So that's that's 13. What was it? 13 for Montgomery, 10.6 for Fields, and eight for Herbert. Um and then, you know, In the and then five yard line and closer in those ten games, Fields had ten carries, Herbert had four, Montgomery had three. So that actually is bad. (laughs) That's not a good split, really. um, Unless you know, because like Montgomery had thirteen carries per game, but he also had some catches. But that's a really that's way too even of a split. I think. Is there what's your concern level? Your level of concern for that scenario where nobody can really stand out. Neither Foreman nor Herbert would really stand out, Heath.
1: Much bigger concern for Herbert than it is for Foreman because Herbert's being drafted as if he's going to be a, a the the le- or at least the the top guy in terms of the split. Like Foreman's cost is going to be low enough I, that I don't really care if he's stuck in a committee. There's upside beyond that committee. There's upside because he's shown the potential to turn thirteen carries into eighty yards and a touchdown. Um, if if that's what it is, then he's going to be a flex probably. But he's going to be drafted as a flex, so it's not like there's there's not much risk with Foreman.
0: Okay. My 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 worry is is somewhat similar to Heath's at small because again, of what the cost is. But I also think that the the flip side of that is as good as Foreman was last year, his best games came when he had 15 or more carries. And I don't know if he's just going to need that much volume because of his lack of work in the passing game, or just going to have to you know have these touchdown plunges that may or may not come because of Justin Fields. But I also, I'll go back to what I said, and this is in regards to, like, DJ Moore, for example. You throw out almost everything with the Bears from a year ago. This is going to be a much better offense. They have a much better passing game coming into the season already because of DJ Moore, because of Justin Fields' maturation. And then whatever they're going to do with all this draft capital, which hopefully, in the case of Foreman and Herbert, is not going to be directed at the running back position, but is invested in the offensive line. And so if you have a better offensive line, plus I also think, you know, the numbers that you gave out, Adam, how many of those games were they probably trailing in? those three guys are playing together you know so with the ability to run the ball a little bit more you know maybe that is 15 to 16 carries for the lead guy maybe it is 8 to 10 carries for the second guy and maybe it's not Justin Fields having to do as much because some of that was probably him having to run in these crazy wild plays so again I think you just look at a lot of stuff with the Bears from a year ago if you expect them to be better I do I'm sure we all probably agree that they are going to be a different looking team and that will certainly carry over to the running backs
2: all right, let's talk about Romeo Dobbs in a little bit with the rest of the wide receivers. We have a couple of things to promote. Vote, vote, vote. Go to sportspodcastgroup.com and vote for us in the fantasy and sports betting category. Thursday is the last day to vote. I need to do a better job on social media pumping this up, So, but I will. I will make sure you're all out there with with the information that you need to vote for us. You have to probably create an account. Um, on sportspodcastgroup.com. It's very easy. It takes less than a minute. And then vote for fantasy football today in the fantasy and sports betting category. Your vote is going to determine who wins this category, so please help us out. The other thing you need to know is today is Monday. Tomorrow is Tuesday. Dynasty Tuesday. Heath Cummings is going to be hosting FFT Dynasty at 11 a.m. Eastern. This is a YouTube-exclusive stream. It's only on YouTube All of our shows, by the way, are on youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday. And if you can't find them, it's not I know it's a little clunky on YouTube, hit the live tab. So go to youtube.com slash fantasyfootballtoday and hit the live tab. And that's not going to get you the things that are currently live. It's going to get you all of the archived shows that we did live. So um, again, that's tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern, Tuesday, 11 a.m. Eastern, FFT Dynasty with Heath. What do we have on tomorrow's show, Heath?
1: Well, we are doing a two-round Superflex rookie-only mock draft this afternoon, and we will be reviewing that mock draft with Dave Richard and Scott Fish.
2: That is that is great. I'm wondering, this is, I'm sorry, it's a rookie, you said it's Super Flex? Superflex? Superflex. Superflex. Rookie-only. Okay. Man, I wonder if four of the first five picks are going to be quarterbacks. I
1: think? would... I mean, I don't have a pick in the first five, so I don't have much say in that. Ooh, I do. But I do not believe, um, I, I think I would have two of my top five would be quarterbacks.
2: Okay. Maybe maybe a third. You never know. You could do 10. I'd Super be surprised there's not 3 Mm-hmm. Who do you think? We have no idea where these guys are going to go. So who do you think? Who's your QB1 right now? It's Stroud,
1: Young, Richardson for me.
0: Right now, it's Richardson for me, but that's certainly dependent on the situation because he's got the most upside by far. So before he gets to a team, he's the easy choice for me.
2: Um, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we have a, actually pretty decent amount of news items here. Well, not that many, but but interesting ones. Interesting news items from around the NFL. And then back into the sleepers, we've talked to you about P Ryan and Foreman. We'll give you a lot more. Uh, four quarterbacks to keep an eye on and sleepers at each position. No surprise. We'll be right back on Fantasy Football today. All right, quick news and notes here. Tampa Bay head coach Todd Bowles says he wants Rashad White to be a three-down back. So you guys did not put Rashad White in your sleepers column or your sleepers notes for today. Heath is Rashad White. Bucks running back Rashad White going to end up in the breakouts column.
1: I would say that his ADP will mean that he has to end up in the breakouts column if he's going to be listed in one of those columns. I don't think he's going to be drafted late enough to be a sleeper. Um, I guess he might get drafted high enough to be a bust. This is encouraging that they'd like for him to be a three down back. It's really going to come down to how bad is this offense? Um, Can, can Baker and or Kyle Trask make it not a terrible offense so that they could uh, have some success on the, on the ground. They weren't very efficient running the ball last year, but there were so many targets from Tom Brady. And I don't know that we can expect that to continue to be the case with the new quarterbacks.
2: 50 catches as a rookie for Rashad White on 58 targets, but yeah, the things will not be the same <laughs> this year without Tom Brady. All right, Cincinnati Executive Vice President Katie Blackburn. Now, if you just read the transcript, she said Joe Mixon is the guy. He still has a lot of great production in him. If you listen to what she said, I don't know if you to heard the audio, but... It was a very tepid endorsement of Joe Mixon, and then this is the executive vice president for the Bengals, Katie Blackburn, who also added that she hopes his legal other she called them other issues I think she was referring to his legal issues, they are resolved in a positive way. What? Yeah. What? What legal issues does he currently have? He had that incident where someone was shot at on his property,
1: but he was cleared from all wrongdoing in that.
2: Yeah, I yeah, I. Is there something else? It,
0: it sounds as if they're trying to create a narrative that if they do move on from him, which would be, I think, a, I don't want to say a smart move from a financial standpoint, but if they find his replacement, which, you know, Bijan Cincinnati would be bad. Um, you know, if they find his replacement, then maybe that's the 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 route that they go. But they save, I think. Dave said ten million. I thought I saw it was closer to eight million, but uh, I believe Dave said it would be ten million um, in, in cap money, cap space. So don't be surprised if Joe Mixon is on the market anytime soon.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's, what an opportunity for a free agent or a rookie running back to go to Cincinnati. There's no more free agents. Yeah. Rookie (laughs) running back. And I think
1: they were talking like, I mean, there may be Joe Mixon, may be a free agent. Dalvin cook may still be a free agent. There was, there was talk that the Vikings had looked into David Montgomery.
0: Yeah, I shouldn't say there's no more free agents. Obviously, Kareem Hunt's still out there. Ezekiel, Elliott's still out there. There are still names out there. Leonard Fournette is still out there. So they could certainly bring in one of those guys. So I apologize. But there's um, – there there's uh, I, get somebody young in there, please. <laughs> That'd yeah. be fun.
2: Yeah. Uh, Bill Belichick did not commit to Mac Jones as the starting quarterback. Uh, Tim Patrick, Broncos wide receiver, towards ACL in the preseason. He has been fully cleared. And the Jets, according to ESPN's Rich Samini, have – Promised Michael Hardman an expanded route tree, and according to ESPN's Dan Graziano, the Jets might be the most likely destination for Odell Beckham.
0: <laughs> you see, he wants fifteen million dollars a year, I, or fifteen million dollars for a one-year deal.
2: I don't buy. I, I, I don't buy it. Like I don't. I know that was the report. I'm not just buying it. There's. He's not going to get that. Come on. It's crazy. you don't buy that he's
0: asking for that, yeah. or you don't buy that a team's going to give him that.
2: Both. I mean I don't I can't sit here and say that I just don't believe the report but I I am starting to really not believe a lot of reports there are, I'm sorry the NFL media media we have to do better not it was not us these people have to do better there's so many bad reports out there so many players who are like that was never true and sometimes those players are probably lying but
0: players are saying that was never true
2: it, well look I mean I don't really believe Aaron Rodgers that you know he's not the most trustworthy guy but According Lamar to Jackson, him. Jackson, too, has been saying that
1: things that have been reported about his contract negotiations are not true.
2: Oh, Lamar Jackson's been adamant that a lot of the things that haven't been reported have, have been untrue. And also, I feel like the reports on the Lamar Jackson contracts have been very different. So somebody's way off, you know? And
0: I don't know. Well, this, this is part of the reason that there's not a lot of accurate reports, because he's representing himself. So if the team is not leaking it, which obviously that would be the only side it's coming from, because he's not leaking it. Right. So... There's reasons for that, and there's reasons why Aaron Rodgers has been probably lucky enough to remain as private as he has, aside from the things he's liked to share, which seem to be crazy, um, when you see that it's not stuff that's coming from his camp. And when the insiders who we we know, and for the most part, I think respect, um, can't get to it, <laughs> you know, that's why he says,
1: lose my
2: number. <laughs> exactly. that's Would you I'm say saying. that Aaron
1: Rodgers has done a good job keeping everyone in the dark? <laughs> but I'm um,
2: Yeah, but then again, like Aaron Rodgers said that basically said, Oh, the Packers made it seem the Packers were telling him that they wanted to move on from him. And then the Packers front office is like, Well, actually, we tried to reach out to Aaron Rodgers and he didn't pick up. So I don't really know what to believe over there. But a lot of Uh, yeah, I, I can
0: go on a very big tangent on this, but I won't.
2: Okay. A lot of inaccurate information is my point. If Odell Beckham thinks he's getting a one year $15 million deal, then he's got problems. Okay, Uh, let's go to some sleepers here. Jamie, you know, we can kind of go fast on these because we talked about them last week with Samantha. But uh, round 14 in our draft, Jared Goff and Geno Smith both went. They are uh, two sleepers that you're going to talk about here. Who do you like better, Goff or Smith?
0: I'll go back to what I said then. I feel a little bit more comfortable with Goff right now just because of the potential of the Seahawks to draft a quarterback at five. We get past the NFL draft, I'll probably feel a little bit more comfortable with Smith, who had the better season. Uh, Fantasy-wise, it was slightly different in terms of the points. But I do think that we could see the Lions, um, if they continue to do what they do, uh, a little bit more of the rushing touchdowns going away from Jared Goff. It was 10 of the 17 touchdowns, I think it was. um, Jamal Williams scored inside the four-yard line. Maybe it was more than that, 14.
2: Why don't you just use my stat? You know my stats better. Eight completions down to the one-yard line. Only one of them followed up by a Jared Goff touchdown. Yeah. You're welcome. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, Let's take a look at the points per game. Geno Smith was um, QB 8 with 21.4. Jared Goff was QB 13. Sorry
0: about all that. I'm at 14.
2: He was 15 technically, but that was with Davis Webb and Sam Howell. Whatever. Right around 13, 14. Uh, so Gino was better. Gino also rushed for 366 yards, a little, uh, underrated, uh, what he did with his legs. Heath, who do you like better? Gino Smith or Jared Goff? Oh boy. I think I have both of those guys back to back. I would lean ever
1: so slightly towards Gino.
2: And Heath, one of your quarterback sleepers is Trey Lance. Would you take Trey Lance ahead of those two? Uh, sure would have a month ago. Um,
1: <laughs> now it's it feels i think that the thing is like obviously not in a two quarterback league those guys are so much more valuable than lance in a two quarterback league where the quarterback's floor matters In a one-quarterback league after 10, 12, 13, 14 quarterbacks have been taken, I'm probably still more likely to draft Trey Lance than I am Goff or Geno Smith, because I think what we saw out of Geno Smith is probably the ceiling for both of these guys last year. You're hoping you find somebody that sneaks in to the top 10 quarterbacks. With Trey Lance, the hope is the same thing that is with Anthony Richardson. It's that, oh my gosh, what if this guy gets to run the ball 10 times a game and plays 17 games and for lance specifically he has kyle shanahan who any quarterback can roll out of bed and average eight yards per pass attempt um like there's there's still qb1 overall upside for lance even if there is no more floor than there is for richardson
2: if you were somebody like a lot of us me in particular i don't know I- I don't want to. I don't know if I was ahead of the pack or anything, but I was so excited about Trey Lance. I had, he was probably my most drafted quarterback last year. Is there really any reason to get off of that? Uh, I mean, in a 2QB league, obviously, we don't know that he's going to keep the job, but let's just say they said, okay, Trey Lance is our starter. We don't know that Trey Lance is going to start week one. Right. In a world where he is the starter, though, nothing has happened. I know he wasn't good in week one, the weather was terrible against the Bears, but nothing has really happened to make us feel differently about Trey Lance than what we felt last year, other than the Purdy
0: uh, I think thing. something pretty big has happened. No,
2: no, they, I, if you took away the Purdy thing, there's no... <laughs> well, no, I understand you have to factor that in, but there's no performance. There's no other reason not to like Trey Lance, right? If you liked Lance... away the
0: guy that stole his job, then sure.
2: I think there is a
1: little bit <laughs> in that, like part of what was wrong with Trey Lance was that he'd played what, going into last year, like six football games in the last three years, and now it's seven football games in the last four years or something. Yeah. Like that's a, a huge um, – I think it's a huge difference in evaluating him versus anybody else. So like his lack of experience and the the extended distance between the last time like he was a full-time football player is concerning.
2: Okay. Heath, thank you for understanding my question. I appreciate that. Jamie, let's take a look at your other sleeper running backs. We had Samaje Piran and Deontay Foreman on that list. And A.J. Dillon is an interesting one. Uh, he went in round nine after Samaje Piran in our most recent draft. Then we'll talk about the Dolphins running backs. You have both of them, Wilson and Mostert. How, I guess, how would you rank those three? Dillon, Wilson, Mostert? Uh, in that order. Okay, so how confident are you in A.J. Dillon right now going into 2023?
0: I'm much more confident at his current cost than, <laughs> than what he was going at last year, which was unfortunately not a player that lived up to that expectation. Now, he finished the season strong. A lot of it was touchdown dependent. But, you know, we had expectations for him to, I don't know, take over for Aaron Jones, but make it more of a, of a split than it was. And, you know, it just never materialized, especially – uh, this offense played you know it was a it was a very low scoring offense which wasn't the thought going into the season last year so he's a he's a post type sleeper you know i i think you just look at the expectations last year were, were were probably unrealistic with aaron jones staying healthy and now you have jones back uh but a, a quarterback change coming most likely and so i think just based on on the cost he's still going to have an opportunity to get double digits and carries you look at this receiving core there's a video that's been circulating of Jordan Love throwing to Aaron Jones. I wonder just how much more he'll be involved in the passing game and maybe lose a few more carries to A.J. Dillon. And I still think this offensive line is good enough that they can support a strong running game. And I probably expect them to run the ball a little bit more with an inexperienced quarterback taking over for a two-time MVP. So I think Dillon, um, his ADP is around you know 90th overall. Uh, it's a good gamble. And again, he's in that same lottery ticket vein of if something happens to Aaron Jones, he could be a a superstar. So I like the opportunity based on where he's being drafted right now to take a flyer on him, much more so than where it was last year.
2: Yeah, it's interesting because it was actually, I think, a fairly even split. They both played 17 games. Jones had 213 carries. Dylan had 186. But I just, why did they keep going to A.J. Dylan? He was not even close to as good as Aaron Jones Jones averaged 5.3 yards per carry. Dylan averaged 4.1 yards per carry. That is a huge difference. And Jones has proven year after year to be one of the best running backs, I think, in football. I mean, he's just awesome. I think that's why they brought him back. Yeah, he's terrific. Um, Dylan, though, I mean, 186 carries in 17 games. That's what. That's 11 per game. And um, not a ton of catches. He had 28 catches. You're right, Jamie. He scored six touchdowns in his last six games.
0: Um, 11 of his 28 catches, though, came in that stretch when he was scoring touchdowns, too. So a little bit more involved in the passing game. You take out the last two games. You want to Stat, It's certainly Week 18 where he was terrible. He was, yeah. His, uh, his targets and his his reception totals were were the best stretch of the season.
2: I mean, they, there's a, a what a great ADP. 90th overall for Dylan. Because if Jones gets hurt, uh, I mean, it, it could be just huge production. I can give
0: you the exact ADP on the two sites. It is... 96 on NFFC, 99.6 on FFPC, and last year his CBS ADP was 62.
2: 62, yeah. And I don't think I was waiting that long. I was pretty excited about no, him. Same. He just didn't really do that well. That was the problem, you know. He just. I thought he was. I thought he would perform better than he did. Um, Heath has uh, left the building. We'll get him back. Jeff Wilson and Raheem. I said it was, in
0: South Florida's not working again. <laughs>
2: Do you guys have the same internet service provider? Like I'd love to know.
0: I think we use Xfinity, I'm not sure.
2: Yeah, I don't I, like you don't know what you have at your house or you don't know what Heath has? I, I don't know what
0: Heath has. I have Xfinity.
2: Okay, we'll have to find out. Um like same zip code basically, same internet. What, yeah, what, we
0: are we are literally about two miles away from each other. Have you
2: ever been to each other's houses?
0: Uh, never inside. He's picked me up at my house to take me to work one day when I had a car problem and <laughs> I dropped off, uh, for the draft-a-thon, a bag full of Snickers at his house.
2: <laughs> very good. Very good. All right. Let's talk about the Dolphins running backs here. Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert. Um, I'll get my stats on the splits there. It was, it was really a lot of Jeff Wilson. I think he's.
0: Four of the six games they were healthy. Wilson played more snaps. Uh,
2: yeah. May Five and seven. So in the last 3 games after Wilson came back from injury he had 40 carries. Mostert had 28. He, he was really their guy. I th- I think people might are definitely sleeping on him. And that's why he's in the sleepers column, Jamie. What do you expect from Jeff Wilson?
0: So he's younger. Uh, Mostert will be 20 will be 31 um on Sunday. Just looked up his birthday, April 9th. Happy birthday, early rookie Mostert. Mm-hmm. Happy early birthday, Raheem Mostert. Hmm. Uh, Wilson's 27. But I think you just look at, like you said, you know, it felt as if when they were both together following the trade that Wilson was the the priority for Mike McDaniels. Now, who knows how healthy either guy was down the stretch because they both were battling injuries. But to me, it feels like Jeff Wilson is a little bit safer at this point. They're probably are going to split carries no matter what happens. But it's just an easy situation to take a flyer on both. Now, again, their ADP on both sides here is, I don't think, reflective of where it will be. They're both past 150th overall so that just doesn't seem realistic however i do think that we're going to get them probably after pick 100 unless one gets some significant pub over the other in training camp and so for right now i think they're just easy guys to take flyers on whether you prefer one or the other just to see what happens as your fourth running back and if one takes the advantage of the situation (laughs) the fact that they're both together it doesn't seem like mike mcdaniel wants to draft a running back especially they brought back miles gaskin as, as well so I would expect it to be the Jeff Wilson, Raheem Mostert show again to open season.
2: And, Heath, how do you see it between Wilson and Mostert? Uh, Flip a coin. will probably be different um,
1: over one month of the season than it will in a different month of the season. They're both uh, right around RB 30 to 35 for me. I like them in the round eight range. I'm very content to just take the one that goes second.
2: Okay. I'm going to get into this with you. Let's let's do this. First of all, what is your uh, internet service provider? This was not an internet issue. The strangest thing has
1: happened during this podcast. Four times now, as I've been talking or listening, my mic and headphone settings have changed in the middle of the show. <laughs> really? Um, to where I could not hear you anymore, or you could not hear me when I talked.
2: Um, Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, apologies to your ISP. That's why I didn't say them. Okay. (laughs) Um. So week nine was Jeff Wilson's first game with the Dolphins. Uh, Mostert had been there all year. Edmonds is gone at this point. They play the same amount of snaps. The first game, Jeff Wilson actually played one more snap. The second game against Cleveland, Wilson plays sixty-one percent of the snaps, has seventeen carries. Raheem Mostert Mostert, got hurt. Damn it. I have to adjust my argument then. <laughs> well, never mind. Uh, I did think, though, that I, I really did feel like it was more of of Jeff Wilson's back. Like he was more of the six, like a 65-35 split. Uh, you feel like it seems like you feel like it's a lot more even. And I think Wilson's ahead. I think Jamie does, too. Yeah, I I think
1: that like Jamie alluded to, it's really hard to look at the second half of the Dolphins season and take very much away from their running back usage because one of Mostert or Wilson was hurt. And that will probably be the case this year. That's been the case for most of their career. That's why I think that they're both fine guys. I don't want to bet on which one of the guys is going to miss the most games due to injury, but I think whenever one of them's out or dinged up, the other one is going to be a starting fantasy running back, and they're both going to be flexes when they're both healthy.
0: When you draft either one, you draft them with the idea of lottery ticket. You know, you yep. draft them with the idea of when, if the potential injury does happen to the other one, that's the time you completely feel comfortable using them but maybe you do get a little bit of separation between the two and then you could feel flex but they could flip on a dime you know in the middle of a game however these guys are, are being used I, I, I just think that I'll lean toward youth they both have a history with the coach you know so there's no real like okay this guy's got you know more of a rapport or familiarity you know I think it's just a matter of you know just draft them stash them they could be guys you end up cutting at some point during the season but this is why we're talking about them in this category
2: Okay, let's talk about Jamie's wide receivers here. I'm going to read there are six names here, and in the most recent draft we did, a couple weeks ago, they all went in round eight or later, except for Kadarius Toney, who was the last pick of round seven. So if we consider him a round eight pick, they all went in round eight or later, most of them in rounds uh, eight to nine, basically, and then a couple were a little later than that. Uh, They are Gabe Davis, K.J. Osborne, Nico Collins, who went one pick after Osborne, Romeo Dobbs, Kadarius Tony, and Sky Moore. In the order they were drafted, I guess I should do it that way. Kadarius Tony, Gabe Davis, KJ Osborne, Nico Collins, Sky Moore, Romeo Dobbs. Six names there, Heath. Do you disagree with any of them?
1: Um, I mean, I don't... It's always hard to say you disagree with sleepers um, because in, they should have flaws or they wouldn't be getting drafted where they are. Um, I, I disagree that If Tony stays healthy, he will be eligible to be a sleeper. I think he's going to be a a round six, round seven type pick. Uh, My two favorites from that list are Dobbs, obviously. He was already on my list as a sleeper, and
2: Gabe Davis. Those are my two favorites. So why Dobbs? Why, why do you guys like him so much? Heath, I'll give you the first word. Why, I, as remember? a sleeper, As a sleeper, sir
1: I mean, he made some really fantastic plays as a rookie. The coaching staff's talking him up, talking about how he can run every route in the route tree. He's a second-year wide receiver. I, you know the the research on second-year wide receivers and, and how good they are at
2: him. Well, not, um, ne- not
1: all of them. Not all of them. Um, I just, I think he might even be more complete than Christian Watson is. He's just not quite as exciting or explosive.
2: Yeah. And right now it's just the two of them. Yeah. All right. Um, Jamie, could you see yourself taking Nico Collins off of this list? The Texans add anything significant at wide receiver.
0: Oh, for sure. Yeah. And, and I agree with Heath, the the way that I wrote it, I actually led the, the column with the chiefs guys. And so, uh, you know, I said uh, I'm sort of cheating a little bit here with Kadarius Tony, um, but his his ADP is in the range of like some of the running backs we were just talking about in in the in the mid 90s. So I think the thing about uh, Nico Collins and and Romeo Dobbs and you know now KJ Osborne, it's it's just it's opportunity, you know. And you know Collins hasn't lived up to some of the the hype, but. You look at this receiving core and, you know, you could say Mechie is the one you want to target. You could say that the rookie that they're about to draft is the one you want to target. We don't know who the quarterback is going to be that's going to impact it. But, you know, Collins has that big play ability. And if the right quarterback is there, I think that could, you know, open it up. He's going to be one of their starting receivers. You know, I don't think they're they're drafting, you know, two or three guys and they're going to go with, you know, let's just say Mechie and and, and two other players there. So um, I just like the, the situation. He's got to stay healthy. But he's uh, he's somebody that you can get in the double-digit rounds and I think has the chance to you know exceed that.
2: You know what I like about this list is um, when you take, I think, A.J. Dillon, Wilson and Mostert, Gabe Davis, these are guys that if they just do what they did last year, they'll hit their ADP, basically, right? I mean, they performed like ninth-round picks last year. That's pretty much where they're going. Davis went in, in round eight. So if, and they have upside for more, they could always get better. So, I mean, you know, you know, there's some sleepers like guy like Nico Collins obviously didn't perform like a eighth or ninth round pick and Dobbs didn't, you know, didn't do much. But but I do love a guy like Gabe Davis. I mean, he, he wasn't that good last year, but he still was probably worth an eighth or a ninth round pick, wouldn't you say? So just get a little better. And I think Josh Al- Allen's elbow really affected him.
0: Um, the ankle injury early. I I think, you know, you look at, him and, him and Dylan, you know, I put them in the same category, post-type sleepers. You know, so there was just so, so much was expected of them last year. And they flopped. You know, that's really the only way to put it, you know, because for the majority of the, of the season, both were healthy. Again, Davis played through an ankle injury um, or foot injury, whatever it was that he was bothered by to start the season. And, you know, you sort of alluded to this there. Right before Allen's elbow injury, his targets were up, his production was up, and then, you know, Allen just couldn't throw the ball down the field. So... I think it, the fact that you know there there wasn't a significant investment, at least as of now, in the receiving core. You just look at the opportunity for him to still be that big play threat that we were hoping he could be, and maybe now he stays a little bit more consistent. But you're attaching yourself to one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, Dylan. You're attaching yourself to a you know uh, an offense that should run the ball, but B, as Heath said, which I agree, you know you're an Aaron Jones injury away from him being you know uh, a must start option. So I think it's just a matter of you know, the, the things that uh, I, I try to do with with a lot of the players on this list is opportunity, probably not going to lose jobs in the draft. You know, there's a lot of different players we could talk about as as sleepers, but you could see them getting replaced easily, you know. And so it's trying to at least get ahead of that now. And then the other part of it is, you know, offenses that they're in. You know, it's, it's always a good situation to look at. Like K.J. Osborne, we don't necessarily think the Vikings are the best offense in the NFL, but they're still pretty good. And he's going to replace Adam Thielen and, and should see a a big bump in production and hopefully opportunity as well. And I, I like the situation for him.
2: All right. Uh, before we take our final break and get to Heath's sleepers, early sleepers, Jamie, give me the two tight ends. You have, uh, you have Juwan Johnson and Trey McBride. Both were late-round picks in the draft we did two weeks ago. Is that the order that you'd rank them, Juwan Johnson, Trey McBride?
0: No, Johnson first, McBride second. But, you know, Johnson as uh the tight end for Derek Carr. I think we saw last year, you know, he was he was very good at finding the end zone, but I think he's going to show a little bit more as a receiver. Uh you got a little bit buzz of that at the at the owners meetings. And then McBride, I mean, you know, this is a team that a lot of a lot of opportunity potential if there is no DeAndre Hopkins there and no Zach Ertz there. And so, you know, second year tight end, I think he could take a step forward. He was certainly in the uh in the type of player coming into the draft that we were hoping could get an opportunity. And, you know, didn't take advantage of it last year, but we'll see who the quarterback is. a healthy the Kyler Murray maybe at some point during the season, but really what this receiving core may look like.
2: Who's your number one. Well, who do you like better McBride or Dulcich? Dulcich is on Heath's list.
0: Yeah. Dulcich is a breakout for me. So I would put him in a different wow. category. Uh, t- t- you know, I, it's always tough with these young tight ends because they haven't done anything yet. So, you know, you can really say sleeper because of, uh, where they're being drafted, you know, uh, Dulcich was like right around tight end 10, you know, so to me, I think that's more of a breakout, but no problem calling him sleeper. Same thing with Oconquo. You know, I think those two guys, for me, when I write breakouts, that's, those would be my two breakout tight ends.
2: Heath, who's, who's your favorite, I guess, year two tight end? Uh, it would be Dulcich.
1: Okay. Yeah. I mean, I mean, if Zach Ertz were actually cut, then it would be probably McBride. They'd yeah. be right in the same range.
2: We'll talk about that in just a little bit. Quick break on fantasy football today. Finish up with Heath's sleepers. We've talked about some of them. We'll talk about some more right after this. You can now relive the best moments of the UEFA Champions League 24-7. The UEFA Champions League channel is a new 24-hour streaming channel serving non-stop goals, highlights, and full match replays from the world's most prestigious club competition all right, remember to please go vote for us, sportspodcastgroup.com. If you just have a minute, please create a, an account and vote for us in the fantasy and sports betting category. Vote for fantasy football today. That's our show, just in case you were confused. And remember to listen or on YouTube, sorry, to watch the Dynasty show, the Dynasty episode on Tuesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern. You can watch it live, youtube.com slash fantasy football today. If you miss it live, just go to youtube.com slash fantasy football today and hit that live tab, and you'll see all of our shows. Uh, archived there. Okay, Heath, Trey Lance was one of your sleepers. We talked about him. Sam Howell. That's got to be a 2QB a League sleeper. Yeah, I mean, I think he has
1: the chance to sneak into the borderline QB1 range if everything goes well. His uh, receiving core with Terry McLaurin and Jahan Dotson's about as good as it gets. He's got a new offensive coordinator who has been behind the best offensive f- f- football for the last five years. And... <laughs> He showed us in college some rushing ability. And so if he could run for 400, 500 yards, if he could run for six touchdowns, have have maybe a DAC-type rushing production, and then uh, just be adequate as a passer, he could be very exciting.
2: Okay. Um, So how would you rank uh, Howell, Sam Howell, Jordan Love, and... Whichever rookie quarterback goes to the Panthers. I would
1: guess the rookie, the rookies will be ahead of Howell. Howell will be ahead of Love for me.
2: How will ahead of Love. So that will not be typical of drafts, at least not now.
1: Well, I don't think either one of these guys are going to get drafted in the top 20 quarterbacks. So I don't know that there's going to be a lot of typical.
2: So talk to Chris Towers about that. Um because two weeks ago he drafted Jordan Love in the third round thirteenth, not the third round, thirteenth round. He took Jordan Love ahead of Kirk Cousins, Daniel Jones, Russell Wilson, Geno Smith. I do not believe
1: that is going to be true. Jared Guff.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I do not think you should use one March draft to determine what's going to be
2: typical. No, but I, I think I think there's if I did a Twitter poll right now, who would you rather have Jordan Love or Sam Howell, I think Love would get about eighty percent of the vote, if not more. He might. I'm just saying that's what I think the general public will be on. I,
0: I yeah, I, I I would definitely take Jordan Love and the potential of what he can be over, over Sam Howell personally, but I, I, I wouldn't be surprised if Jordan Love goes ahead of and this I actually struggle with this ranking it, you know, of Derek Carr and Jimmy Garoppolo.
2: I think he will. I I mean I would take him ahead of Garoppolo. I wouldn't take him ahead of carr though. How about you guys? I've got Garoppolo ahead of carr, so I mean, I just cannot see Garoppolo ever turning in a a truly impactful fantasy season.
1: Like, I yeah, I admit but, but this that is a one still open for Derek
2: Carr. This is a one QB. <laughs> it still might happen for Derek Carr. Uh, he's been better than Garoppolo. It, this is a one QB disc- league discussion. I think a two QB league is different. You know, you want some some floor, but um, I don't think Garoppolo has any upside. Really, do you?
1: Um. I think Garoppolo has any upside. I don't think he does. got yeah. the same top fifteen upside the car has.
2: Yeah, yeah. A uh, car is better than Garoppolo. <laughs> I, know, I know that you feel that way. I know Always, everybody feels you're a that big way. Derek Carr guy. Uh, who do? You, uh, how do you rank those three, Jamie? As of right now, love Carr Garoppolo.
1: Carr Garoppolo love,
0: but it's like the, I think that is back to back to back. Okay. But if I was drafting for upside, I would take love over all three, uh, over the, over the other two.
2: All right. uh, Running backs for Heath were Foreman and Piran. Wide receivers for Heath were Dobbs. And this is a good one. Juju Smith-Schuster. He went in the same range as Gabe Davis and Kadarius Toney and just before K.J. Osborne, Nico Collins. Round eight, Juju Smith-Schuster. All right. Why is he a sleeper for you?
1: I just expect that he's basically going to take over the Jacoby Myers role. Um Which is going to be close to hundred and twenty targets, and I think he's shown an ability in the past to do more with targets than Jacoby Myers does now we don't know for sure that he'll do that in this season, but I think there's some upside that he could take hundred and twenty targets, be a little bit more efficient than Myers was, and score on a on a considerably higher rate than Myers did, and uh you know be a high end number three wide receiver.
2: Juju went one pick before Gabe Davis thoughts.
0: I mean, obviously, Davis has more upside, but, you know, it's just a matter of what the floor is. The floor is obviously in, in Juju's favor in PPR
1: by, by a lot. Yeah, I, I prefer Juju in PPR.
2: Okay. Um, and then tight ends. Irv Smith did not get drafted. And Greg Dulcich, who was a round 12 pick and had 411 yards and two touchdowns in 10 games last year. 41 yards per game for a rookie tight end is not bad. Um You just talked about Dulcich. What do you want to say about Irv Smith? He's playing with
1: Joe Burrow now, and Hayden Hurst um, saw some spikes, despite the fact that he had one of the least efficient seasons we've seen from a tight end. If Irv Smith could just stay healthy and deliver on a little bit of his athleticism on the same volume that Hayden Hurst got last year, or if Irv Smith could just match his career efficiency on the same volume Hayden Hurst saw last year, he's going to be a borderline top 12 tight end.
2: And Dulcich, um, getting back to Greg Dulcich here, do you think, because Jamie's going to put him in a breakouts column. Uh, well, I don't know if he's going to write the column, but he's going to have his breakout. Uh, do you, what do you think, Heath, uh, Greg Dulcich's ceiling is this year? Top five tight end. Okay. All right. I'm looking at our draft here. Try to find that great sleeper that nobody's talking about. Oh, well, I already said Deshaun Watson. Is extremely underdrafted. Good pick by Jamie in round 10. Um, Who else? Hmm. Kareem Hunt, that's a good pick in round 12. I'm
1: really nervous about him. It's not a good sign to get this far into free agency as a back at his age and not have a job yet.
2: I
0: I would feel the same if there weren't a few guys out there in similar standing.
2: Like Russell Wilson around 13. It's so easy to come up with sleeper quarterbacks. Mm. Okay. All right. I'm done. <laughs> like Miami. We don't have, you know what? <laughs> it's not appropriate. And I, I told Jamie this off the air, but I had a lucky shirt during the final four run. I wore it for every game, all but one. Um, it was the shirt Jamie gave me when he, from when he was like 12 years old. No. How old were you in 1990?
0: In 1990, I was 14.
2: Okay, he was 14 years old, and uh, he gave that shirt to me uh, 10 years ago or so, and uh, I've been wearing it ever since. It fits me perfectly, and that was my lucky shirt. <laughs> it didn't work for me on Saturday.
1: Did you tear it up or it throw it away or burn it or anything?
2: <laughs> no, no. We won a lot of games with that shirt on. You know, it's, it's a good shirt. I had a sweatshirt on over it. That might have been my problem. I will have you know, though, since you didn't ask. Um I went to a sports bar to watch the end of the FAU game and the first half of the Miami game with a friend. And um a new friend? A new friend. Oh no, not that guy. Different new friend. And uh I ate so much. I ate pizza at home before I left and I ate steak quesadillas, then I ate barbecue chicken flatbread and then I ate a piece of chocolate cake. I was so sick yesterday. I could not move from the couch. I felt very old. I would have been able to get away with that even five years ago. So did
1: you have a food hangover?
2: No, I just, I was really nauseous the whole day. I ate, yesterday, I ate two strawberries and a a little pack of raisins. That's all I could stomach the entire day. It was, I was so sick. I was on the couch almost the entire day. So it was not a great weekend for me. (laughs) But I'm back, baby. All right, and it's baseball season, so that's cool, too. All right, that's it for today's show. Thank you to our producer Zach Brook, to Heath Cummings, and Jamie Eisenberg. I'm Adam Azer. Dynasty show tomorrow, YouTube.com slash football today. Be there at 11 a.m. Eastern to catch it live or watch it uh, on all of our shows. Watch it uh, archived at YouTube.com slash football today. Goodbye.